Welcome into the follow on podcast here, follow on cricket.com. Chinmay Vaidya, Ashay Chavan, Anish Tal, Parth Joshi. We're at the midway point of the IPL here, recording on April 14th. And the table as of right now, Chennai Super Kings at the top with 14 points through eight games. The Delhi Capitals, the rebranded Delhi Capitals in second place right now with 10 points through eight games. KKR, eight points through eight games. Mumbai Indians, eight points through seven games. Kings 11 Punjab, a team that some of us thought would be one of the bottom teams, eight points through eight games. Sunrisers Hyderabad, they've slipped up after a nice start. They have six points through seven games. And then Rajasthan Royals, four points through seven games. And RCB, two points through seven games. They picked up a win this weekend. They're previously winless. So we'll start at the midway point of the season. Which team has been the most surprising team in, in your guys' eyes? I would say the Delhi Capitals. Um, surprising in both a good and a bad way. Surprising that they're number two right now. They certainly have the talent, but they had they have a bunch of close games. There were two games that come to mind. One was a super over game that they won after collapsing, and then the game after that, which they played, which they should have won, but obviously that was one of the big epic collapses that we've seen. Sorry, Anish, but I guess go, both of those games could have gone either way, but I think they should have won both of those and should be tied for first. But even still with that result, I think they're pretty surprising that they're number two right now. Yeah, I'm I'm super hyped that they're number two, but I did not expect them to be at this point in, here in the season. I def, Their batting has definitely been very solid and their bowling has been a hell of a lot better than last year. My God, it's been like night and day compared to last year. So I agree. They've been They've been quite a surprise for me. I'm going to say my most surprising team in terms of performances have been the Mumbai Indians, actually. I think that just like we're, what's happening with the batting, like who's going to who's going to step up? I feel like it's it's something different every single match. It's a huge cluster. And then in the in the field, still haven't found the best bowling combination either. I feel like this is a team that should have more than four wins at this point. Now, the one thing I'll say, Anish, about Mumbai Indians is that historically they've started kind of slow in IPL. So typically through the first five or six games, they usually don't play well. So this is actually in the last three or four years, this is actually probably one of Mumbai's better starts in terms of win-loss. But you are right. They do have some batting issues to sort out. Uh, Their bowling actually I think is a little better than uh, what you might be giving them credit for. I think they have some good options. Obviously, Ozari Joseph out for the rest of the season. That's a a big disappointment. That's a big blow for them. But they have, you know, Lasith Malinga's back, Jason Berendorf is always an option just with Bumrah's solid and you know Mitchell McLennigan he's hasn't played in the last you know couple of games but he's always an option that you can throw out there so I think their bowling is pretty solid but you're right the batting has definitely been uh, underwhelming to this point so you're right when you said good and bad about you know you're seeing different batting options stepping up so it's bad because I think they haven't figured out a proper lineup and I think they lack explosiveness other than Bondia and Pollard and I think Pollard finally batted at number four uh, yesterday because of that uh, amazing chase he single-handedly led the match before. So he got promoted. But I think they have to uh, kind of – they're not a really explosive batting lineup. So they're going to put up like 160, 170. And the thing is their bowling is solid. So they're going to defend it more often than not. But the issue I have is that they're not blowing out anybody. I think they're – every single match they play is close. So yeah. they have a – could you say they have a clutch scene? Sure, but I think it's um, more. I think it's less comforting as a fan to be. Oh, we're not putting up two twenty on people like Kolkata or Chennai are. Yeah, 
How about that last week that Alzari Joseph had? He went from six for twelve, then hitting game-winning runs, and then zero for fifty-three, and now injured. Right. Yeah. Couldn't have started better, but I think maybe the expectations were set too high. Yeah. What about you, Parth? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I'm actually going to concur with the Shea on this one. I, I definitely think Delhi has been um, the most surprising team this year so far. And as Shea mentioned, just the fact that they have lost these tough games and they're still second in the table is, should be a very encouraging sign for the first half of the season. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to agree with the Shea. I like their young talent. Um, of course, we knew that they were talented. It, they, they've had a few seasons under their belt now, but still good to see them start to perform. So that's where I stand. Yeah, so my surprising team actually is is Chennai Super Kings, and it's not necessarily because they're at the top of the table, seven and one. It's because they've pretty much won every single game on the margins. They're only plus five in run differential. They've gotten pretty lucky in terms of the targets that they've had to chase. The highest total that they've had to chase was 170, and that was the game that they lost. And they've only scored over 170 once. So they've basically stolen, in my opinion, four results twice against Rajasthan Royals, once against Kings 11, and once against KKR. So in reality, this is probably, you know, even if you split those, they're probably at four and three or five and three instead of seven and one. So really the surprise for me for Chennai is not necessarily that they're top of the table, but it's just that they've been pretty lucky in terms of their results. And, you know, I mean, you take the luck when you get it and you take, uh, you take the top of the table when you can, but I don't know if they're championship contenders just based on when you look at some of the underlying factors that they've they've had to go through. Uh, you know, they're fourth in overall net run rate still. So, you know, it's not like they've been totally dominant. And like I said, only plus five in run differential. So pretty much they're they're middle of the pack in terms of if you look at a more realistic record for them. Yeah, I would agree with that, Chinmay. I'd also say, though, that I, I think their batting has been subpar so far this season. Um, and for them, it is encouraging that they can, uh, you know, win these games when their batting is still, I don't think, has clicked fully yet. Um, but, no, you're definitely right. It, it's it's a little surprising to see them uh, play these close games against some teams you think that they should just, you know, outright beat pretty easily. This, that's, the, that's the experience and the clutch gene coming through. Definitely. All the old men on CSK. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah, and he had them uh, in the playoffs and was right about them in the preview podcast. So props for that, Anish. As far as a disappointing team goes, uh, mine has to be Rajasthan Royals. Uh, they've lost a couple of close games, and Josh Butler has basically had to carry that team. Uh, Ajinkya Rane, nowhere to be seen. Ben Stokes. Um, wait, I mean, wait, 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 wait. His meltdown in the last over. Has been uh, has been pretty uh, pretty bad. Jafar Archer, Jaydev Unatgut, Steve Smith have all underperformed, and Rahul Tripathi. You know, and this is not really Rahul Tripathi's fault. Rajasthan Royals. I don't really understand if they either ignore the numbers, if they're not analytics heavy, or if they just can't see, because <laughs> Rahul Tripathi <laughs> as an opener was fantastic. I mean, he was he was devastating as an opener for. Uh, I think he played for Pune the last couple of years when uh, when Rajasthan was suspended, and he was fantastic. And then at the end of last year, they promoted him to the top of the order because they needed to juggle things up and get some wins. And he clicked there too. And now all of a sudden, he's back batting at number four, and that does him no favors because he struggled there. That does Ajinkya Rahane no favors because Rahane has struggled to open the batting, and so you're basically 
costing yourself runs at the opening position and at number four because you've got players misplaced. And I think that's uh, kind of indicative of Rajasthan Royals as a whole this season. They've just been pretty uh, pretty dysfunctional. And the fact that they're kind of still in it, you know, a couple results here and there, and they can climb back into the middle of the pack is, is I think, lucky for them at this point. But they've been a major disappointment for me. Yeah, I, I agree. I have them as my biggest disappointment as well. You know, Tripathi, actually, he's even been coming in more at number six because some, they have Samson and Smith at number three. Yeah, he's been all four, over the place. And then, like, it's Ben Stokes at number five. And, yeah, it's, I mean, Josh Butler is getting out of his mind. And then I feel like Ajinka Rahane needs to take a look like Gotham Gambier did when he was the Delhi captain. And All right, it's it's not quite that bad. I'm putting it there. <laughs> two and five. They need to make a change. They keep trotting out the same lineup and the same thing keeps happening. What do you want? What do you think is going to change? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I do agree yeah. with that. I, I do think that they do need to make some changes, but I don't know if if the captain completely booting himself from the team is <laughs> okay. But <laughs> but maybe he can move down the order at least. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely a question that's being asked now whether Rane should go down to three or four. Um, so, I know a lot of people are asking those questions for sure. So, yeah, it's something that's definitely, you know, being talked about enough to where it should be a point of at least consideration for the Royals. Um, the issue I feel like I have with Rahane going down is that I think I feel like he can only bat at in a T20 match at like two or three. I don't think he can go too much farther down. because Right, right. I, I, I can't see him batting lower than four. He, he's a very technical. sense for his style. But, right, right, um, right. He's a very technical player. He's not power-based. And in the power play is when he excels, I think. Um I believe that you know he can find the gaps. He's a very technically technically sound player, um, and I he and Chinmay was saying that he's kind of a disappointment. I don't think so. I think he's done okay up there. Pretty been about par for where you expect Rahane to be. You know, I think from a from a run standpoint, I agree. I think he scored runs, but if you look at the overall composition of their team, now here's a radical idea, and you know we talk about making big changes. So if we do think that you know Rahul Tripathi is the guy to open the batting. How about moving Joss Butler down and having him as sort of a finisher at the end of innings, even though he's been so good as an opener and he's performed so well as an opener, you have to make some sort of a change. You feel, I feel like if you're the one who's proven to be a good opener to the top. And if you feel like Rahane can't move down, cause that would be the natural move for me. But if you feel like Rahane can't move down and he has to be at the top of the order, then, you know, Butler has experience playing that kind of finishing role or maybe even move these guys like Steve Smith and uh, Sanju Samson down. I think if you're the Royals right now, you want Joss Butler, your best batsman, one of the best batsmen in the IPL, facing the most balls that he can. Um, And so I don't don't see the reason to move him down. I do understand what you're saying, Chinmai. He is a good finisher for sure. But I, I think he should be facing as many balls as possible. Um, he's done outstanding in that opening role. He's kind of held this entire team together, as we've been talking about. Uh, I, I wouldn't do anything to limit how much power he has over the game by sending him down. I think on, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I think on paper, their lineup is stacked, absolutely stacked. The top five, top six can all bat. Um, like you said, Josh Butler, Sanju Sampson, Tripathi in theory, Rahane. Uh, I think that. They just need to perform. I think maybe it's a captaincy issue. Maybe I don't know what it is, but they seem like they just Butler's holding it together, but they they like kind of falter all around him. 
whether it be setting a target or chasing. You know who's their second most consistent batsman? Who? It's actually probably a bowler. It's yeah, Shreyas Gopal. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely Shreyas Gopal. And that's probably indicative of Rajasthan Royals at this point. So yeah. you know, they they are a mess, and they, they do absolutely need to figure out. How about you guys, Ashe and Parth, your disappointments for, so, for the first half? Beyond the obvious choice of RCB, because I think their expectations were— Are they were, a disappointment, though, or is that what you expected? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So beyond their mm-hmm. obvious choice, I would also say Rajasthan Royals. So no, no extra comments from me there. We just talked about that. Yeah, I would have to agree too. I will say that RCB is still, I know we talked about their roster construction is pretty bad. They were not expected to do well. They're not very good on paper either, but you still would expect them to be a little bit better than what they are right now. Um, yeah. Shimon Hetmeyer, uh, you know, Shivam Dubey, some of their middle order batsmen who are expected to at least play a role, help out the team a little bit have just been awful. And yeah. so that part is surprising. But overall, I don't think we're that surprised by where they stand at the table. But, yeah. yeah. They have uh, their lone bright spot, I would say, is Shahal. Uh, that bodes well for the World Cup. He's, I think he has the second most wickets in the IPL. He's been playing well mm-hmm. in spite of, you know, the shoddy fielding around him, um, mm-hmm. whatever you may call it, the poor captaincy of Kohli. Um, yeah, Charles number three and number two is the spinner that runs laps around after he gets every single. Oh, that's right, that's right. He had four today. He had four today, and they were all caught by Flav Duplessis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two two things I wanted to bring up with Rajasthan. Number one, guess what Steve Smith's strike rate has been this season? It's oh, it's probably under a hundred. It's seven. one hundred and seven. Oh wow, that the number one. That's inexcusable. Number number two. Most of uh, the internationals on Rajasthan are English players, so they're going to be leaving early as well. Don't forget that. Yeah. So one thing I'm looking forward to is maybe seeing some Ashton Turner later on in the tournament because he could be that finisher lower in the lineup. Absolutely. I, I agree with that. You know, we, we've talked about RCB being disappointing. I do want to give RCB a little bit of a shout-out here. Barthif Patel, absolute value pickup, consistently has scored runs at the top of the order. And they brought him back even in the auction after a couple of years. So I do want to say that in terms of rounding out a roster, they've messed up in other areas. But Barthif Patel has been uh, solid at the, at the top of the order for RCB. So I'll at least give them credit for that, even though the rest of the season has been uh, very, very disappointing for them. Uh, we mentioned on the preview pod, uh, I had Sunrisers winning the title. Ashay, I believe, also had Sunrisers winning the title. Anish had the Mumbai Indians winning the title. So after... Half of the IPL season gone, and what you've seen so far, have you guys changed your picks? Have you stuck with the same team? Uh, let's let's start with Ashay. Who's your I, uh, new champion, or have you sure. stuck with Sunrisers? So I absolutely changed my pick. Um, I would probably – it's a toss-up, but I'd probably put my pick as either KKR or Chennai Super Kings. Okay, well, pick one. you got to pick one. I'm going to pick uh, <laughs> I'm gonna pick KKR. All right. You got a um, reasoning for that or just yeah 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 <laughs> so kkr has probably so so there's one thing i want to talk about so that the rest of the league has not caught on so you could almost call it a gimmick but it's worked for the past like three years so that is putting a timer of the ball like sunil narayan as an opening partnership with or maybe with this year's chris lynn i 100 percent agree with you so people focus so sunil narayan strikes at like like 160 something and he loves playing the fast bowlers he uses his feet well he's a timer of the ball he goes out and the thing is he doesn't care about his wicket so 
if he succeeds, he always gets like 25 from 10 or whatever it may be. He always scores. And if he doesn't, it doesn't matter because it's a wicket that KK doesn't care about. That's when like DK or Robin Utapa come in. And then the bowlers focus on getting Sunil Narayan out. But then that's when Chris Lynn starts blasting because he actually hates playing spin. So he just goes off on the pace that they're bringing into Sunil Narayan. So the fact that no other team has picked up on this is like to the biggest detriment of KKR. And I think that that's one of the reasons that they've this seen so much success. Also, obviously, I'm going to touch on Andre Russell. Probably he strikes at near 300, and he is averaging 79 this year, this league, this season. Sorry. Um, and you see him single-handedly chase that total down a couple games ago, where he got like 83 off like 29 or something. Um, he was hurt as well, and I think he's a forerunner for the MVP at this point. Also, KKR batting lineup is. Stacked. So I told you about Chris Lynn. Um, what's this? Chris Lynn, Sunil Narayan. Then Robin Utpa comes in. DK is good. Obviously, Russell, Nitish Rana. That's pretty solid top six. And then they also have Shubman Gill, who I want to touch on. Has been slightly disappointment this year. And I say that because they put him at the lower order as a finisher with Russell sometimes. And I don't think he's suited for that role. He's more of a stroke player. So he's been slightly disappointing, although it's not entirely his fault. The lining lineup around him is stacked. But yeah, I would probably pick KKR. I'm going to stick with my Mumbai Indians pick. It's an odd year. The end. <laughs> Short and sweet. All right. Every year is an odd year, isn't it? Yeah, I'm going to take the easy route here, and I'm going to go with CSK. Um, like I mentioned before, I just think that they – they haven't been scoring the runs that they're accustomed to scoring. I mean, if you look at the top 10 scorers, uh, no one from CSK is in that list. And their highest scorer is MS Dhoni, who's the 13th highest run scorer in this IPL. So they're not scoring the runs that we're accustomed to seeing them uh, score. And the fact that their bowling has been so, so good, uh, Chahar has been a great find. Harbhajan has come in, bowled mm-hmm. some insane overs, which we probably wouldn't have expected. Um, so that part is extremely encouraging. And I think their batting is only going to go up from here. So um, I like them to win. I picked Sunrisers on the preview podcast. And unlike Ashay, I'm actually going to stick with Sunrisers. Uh, even though they were uh, they were three and one and they've dropped their last three and they've dropped them in pretty spectacular fashion, uh, the advanced metrics still like them. So net run rate, they're still second in net run rate. Uh, they've gotten tough starts from Warner and Bearstow. Uh, and then basically after that, when the run rate creeps up, these middle-order batsmen have to play shots that they're not used to playing. Uh, Rashid Khan has rescued them in a couple games, but I think Vijay Shankar, you know, Manish Pandey needs to step up. Vijay Shankar needs to step up. They do need to find some consistency in the middle order. Warner, Bearstow, Williamson, that's going to be a very solid top three for you for most of the season. But they're going to need to find a middle order that suits them, and this bump in adversity is going to is gonna help them a little bit. I think it's going to force them to reevaluate their roster a little bit, reevaluate who they play where. And I still like Sunrisers. They were 3-1 and one before this, and I think they, they pick it back up in the second half of the season. I'll still, go with, uh, I'll still go with Sunrisers, even though they have been kind of underwhelming, especially in the last three games. We've talked about teams now. I want to touch on surprising players, disappointing players. So I'll start with a surprising player for me. Deepak Jahar, Parth mentioned it from Chennai. He's been very good this season uh, in a pace bowling lineup that has Shardul Takul and Mohit Sharma, two guys that 
are kind of more household names. Deepak Chahar has emerged as the best bowler, at least pace bowler, in that lineup. And they've relied on him to take wickets. They've relied on him to limit runs in pressure situations. So I like uh, Deepak Chahar as my surprising player for the first half. Yeah, my, my surprising player, I'm also going with a bowler. And I'm going with a bowler on the same team. I'm going with Imran Tahir. He's, with, he's picked up wickets. And he hasn't uh, – his average – or his uh, – He's giving up less than six runs and over. This is a T20 cricket. You don't find any other bowlers like that. He has been a stud for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to go with, I could go with either of those two. I was actually going to say Deepak Chahar as well to concur with Chinmay. Um, you look at his stats here, 94 dots. He's bowled in this IPL, 94 dot balls. And his economy rate is 6.6. So just a little bit north of Tahir's. So that's been extremely impressive for someone that, you know, we didn't really know much about going into this IPL. So, yep, I'm with you on that one, Chinmay. Um, I'm going to go with Kale Rahul. He has the number two scorer right now. He had that century. Um, he's only behind David Warner. Uh, he's been solid for the last couple of matches. He had 50. He had two 50s in a row, kind of acting as an opener, but also as an anchor. He's uh, batting with Chris Gale at the top, and he carried his bat the last match. So I think Kale Rahul, um, I know people love to hate on him, but he's been pretty consistent this season. Yeah, he's got three fifties and a century in eight innings. That's that's re- that's reliability right there. Yeah, KL Rahul was really solid last year at the beginning when Kings Eleven raced out to a good start last year. They kind of faltered down the stretch, but yeah, he's been good once again for them. Uh, my disappointing player, uh, Anish touched on it earlier, uh, as the sirens in the background <laughs> come for him. Uh, it's Stephen <laughs> Smith of Australia. He's been very underwhelming, not striking the ball well not really scoring runs, and in pressure situations, he's faltered. Uh, You have the first game that they played against Chennai. He was the one who was really instrumental in kind of getting them back in that game and in that chase and then couldn't finish it off. So I'm going to go with Steven Smith. Uh, It's not looking good for him. He needs to find form not just for Rajasthan Royals, but for Australia heading into World Cup season. So Steven Smith, my disappointing player so far for the first half of the year. I'm I'm tossing up between a couple... I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Andrew Tai from Kings Eleven Punjab. He's a player who uh, he's he got the most wickets for that team last year. They've they've still been doing pretty well at home. Their uh, Mohammed Shami's been stepping up for their fast bowling, but Andrew Tai hasn't been getting wickets. Poor economy rate. He just has not been the player that he was last year. And sure, last year he definitely overachieved, but this year he's fallen off way off the cliff. I'm going to go over to RCB, uh, the team that I also thought was extremely disappointing, uh, with Shimron Hetmeyer. Mm. We thought that he was going to be the player who, you know, actually could follow up A.B. de Villiers and Virat Kohli, but he's been extremely disappointing. Hasn't managed to put together a single innings this year. He was supposed to be the young upcoming player in the world, the exciting batsman who can hit times the ball extremely well. And he's he just looked awful. Out of the lineup. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's he's just been taken out, and he was supposed to be one of the glue players coming into the auction or after the auction. So, yep, he's been a huge disappointment this year so far. So I'm going to go with Ishan Kishan, and I say this because Mumbanians played Yurat Singh for the first, I think, three games. So he was average. Uh, there was one match where he had three sixes in a row and got caught. But um, I think Ishan Kishan, I'm going to go with him because he came in to replace Yurat Singh, and I think he's been playing – He's not been timing it. He's not been hitting it. He's been there. Um, just, you know, just been average. He's not provided the spark that they were hoping he would provide in the middle order. I think that as a result, well, actually in spite of that, the middle order is kind of weak. 
but I think he should have been. He should be the the, the man to you know, kind of. Um, I know he's young, but I think he should be the man to give him a long run in the middle order and like deliver consistently. Yeah, so it's I not his first that. year anymore. I, I agree with that a little bit of shade, but isn't it also kind of frustrating for him that he puts up a season like he did last year and then immediately gets replaced by Yuvraj Singh and then three games in he's asked to come back in and start scoring runs again? Isn't that a difficult situation for him to be in? Uh, yes. And but could that think- explain, possibly explain some of his struggles? Like I know that he needs to perform better than than how he is, but it, it's just a little tough to to analyze the situation through four games when he put up spectacular numbers last year yeah, and then right. was basically replaced for a for a player who you know I've said this multiple times. Like Yuvraj Singh is an all time great. He's a legend, and he's going to be revered by Indian cricket fans forever. But there was no reason for him to play above Ishan Kishan this season. Through three games, that was evident. And then finally, Sean Kishan gets the chance. But I think it's difficult for him as a as a player to kind of overcome that mental hurdle of, well, now I was replaced. Now they want me back in and immediately want me to start performing. I agree with you. He's been disappointing. I just think that we need to give him a little more time before saying that that he's been an outright, you know, disappointing player. Sure, sure. Yeah, that, that's a fair assessment of the situation. So I guess if you want me to pick someone else, then I'd probably pick Mohit Sharma. I know he's a household name, but he hasn't been there for CSK. They rely on death bowling. Um, Dwayne Bravo was there, but he hasn't. I think he's hurt, so he hasn't played. And I think Mohit Sharma needed to step up. But Deepak Chahar has filled that void. So as a result, I think Mohit Sharma, then I would say, has been a disappointing player, at least in my opinion. How many matches has he even played? I'm curious. I want to say he's played two. But I, I could be wrong. I do not remember him playing. I could be wrong. No, I think I'm on the bench a lot. No, because because there was a there was a match where he gave up. Uh, I think like, I think like 21 or 22 in the death. Oh. In he's definitely, over, he's so. definitely played in two matches. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah I don't yeah. know if he's played recently. I think he might have been benched. Yeah, in favor so, um, of Jahar. So hmm. I think he he played and was bad. Yeah. So exactly disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> it is disappointing when you can't play. Yeah, that's that's true. Well, that wraps up our surprises and disappointments through the first half of the season. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, some other moments that caught our eyes, we'll run through those. You're listening to the follow-on podcast here on followoncricket.com. Welcome back to the Follow On Podcast here on followoncricket.com. You can check us out on Facebook at the Follow On. Follow us on Twitter at the Follow On. As always, all of our content at followoncricket.com. We're talking about some of the key moments that happened through the first half of the season, moments that caught our eyes, caught the world's eyes. And the first one for me is really, it's a, a singular moment that kind of turned into a saga. And it was Ashwin's Moncard of Joss Butler. And it happened almost immediately in the in the start of the season. And basically the background was, you know, Josh Butler was killing the Kings. I mean, this was not even really close. Had Butler stayed in, they'd probably easily win the game. They, they probably should have won the game anyway, even with Butler gone. But they win the game easily if Josh Butler is still there. And Ravi Ashwin, who has done this before, by the way, he did it in an international match for India against Sri Lanka. When uh, when Virender Sehwag was the captain, so that tells you the state of affairs in the Indian team at the time. <laughs> and basically, 
Sachin Tendulkar and Virender Sehwag had to basically be be diplomats with the umpires and say that, look, we're not going to appeal this. This is not what we want to do. And basically had a talk with Ravin, Ravi Chandranashwin basically saying, don't do it again. The Kings weren't able to get Josh Butler out in, in a natural way. So Ravi Ashwin, if you look at the replay, I think it's crystal clear that he intentionally stops in the middle of his bowling action and waits for Josh Butler to get out of the crease before then hitting the stumps. And the MCC rules, like considered the official rules of cricket or the law keepers of cricket or whatever they are, uh, they, they had a stance the day after that said Ashwin was right and he was within the rules of the game. And then 24 hours after that statement, they reversed course and said that Ashwin should not have uh, Stump Butler, and he was not in the right. Ashwin, of course, he doubled down because he's an idiot. <laughs> he did that in the post game, basically said, like, you know, if the batsman can't get an extra six inches in a runout situation, why, why does he get the extra six inches there? But you know, Josh Butler wasn't trying to like sneak in the extra run. He wasn't trying to get some sort of super head start, you know. And Ashwin, you can make the argument that had he actually bowled the ball. By the time the ball left his hand, Josh Butler still would have been in the crease. Uh, the Rajasthan Royals coach had a long discussion in his postgame presser about the spirit of the game and being a role model. And I don't know if Ashwin heard those comments, but uh, those were definitely not uh, not pleasant. And we get Rajasthan Royals and Kings 11 Punjab in a couple days. So I'm excited to see what will happen between Josh Butler and Ravi Chandan Ashwin. But that was definitely something that I thought, like, you know, what is going on here? Why is this a discussion in what is supposed to be a, a pretty fun, lighthearted tournament? That was definitely quite a way to kick off the tournament. That's for sure. Yep, agreed. And Chinmay, to your point, it's not like he was going halfway down the pitch. You saw he, Josh Butler was probably about a half step out. If anything, wasn't really looking to sprint down the pitch as soon as the ball was being bowled or anything. So um, kind of disgraceful. So I actually disagree with you, Hot Take. In the laws... It says backing up is actually not legal, and munkarding is not written anywhere in the laws. Like it's not codified. It's quote unquote spirit of the game. So obviously you know how much value that holds is tradition. So why not be like it doesn't matter if you're gonna be the first to break it. It's happened before, um, I, and I do believe it gave him a warning or the umpire gave him a warning. So the second time it happened, then I felt like Ashwin thought it was within his rights to get him out. So I don't think a warning was actually given. But regardless of whether a warning was given or not, here's where I stand on this. If you can't get him out in the field of play, see the optics of it are they were unable to get Josh Butler out within the field of play. So you resorted to some BS tactics that, you know, if you look at the video and, you know, I, I'll try to attach it to the page, to the podcast page when, when we get there. But if you look at the video, it's very clear that, Butler thought the ball was already bowled and Ushwin was halfway through his bowling action. I mean, if he keeps going for another second, the ball's out. So it's not like he stopped his run up and basically waited and gave Butler a warning. Like, you know, I'm seeing you go out of the crease. And if you, if you keep doing that, I'm going to, you know, hit the stumps. He was halfway through his bowling action and then he does it. I, I thought it was not, not necessarily disgraceful. I don't know if that's the word, but just kind of like, BS nonsensical, not really something that should have been done in that situation. But obviously we know, see Ashwin's done it before. 
So that kind of makes it worse for him. And he's the captain. So that obviously, you know, the, the optics of it are just not, not great. Right. Right. Yeah. First of all, he's, he's the captain. So, you know, that kind of sets precedent there. And, you know, it, now the team is looked on as these people who would do something like this, even though it was really just Ushwin clearly acting on his own. Um, but yeah, like you said, Jeff, I mean, I don't think we would be having this discussion unless Josh Butler was really smacking them that hard. Right. Rushman wouldn't be doing this to someone who just got in. It's very clear that they couldn't, as Chinmai said, they couldn't get him out. So Ushman resorted to this tactic. And for me, that's just disgraceful. I mean, it's, it's something you don't do in cricket. It's it's especially as uh, amongst players, it's an understanding that that's not something you do. Or at least you give a warning. And even if the umpire did or didn't give him a warning, Ushwin never gave a warning, right? The first time you do this, you're supposed to stop, not actually take the bails off if it's really that big of an issue. But he took the bails off the first time, and to me, that's just disgraceful. I don't like it at all. Ashay, you have anything to say in your defense? <laughs> um, I think it was – I think the law – legally, like within the game's laws, he was within his rights to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that, I'm not arguing that. I'm not absolutely. saying that this was an illegal move or anything like that. Um, but you know, there's, there's a lot of things that you can do that aren't illegal that still are going to, are still not right to do. That's, I, that's where I stand on this. Yeah. I think that's, that's where I stand too. And kind of the post-game drama is kind of what really caught my eyes because usually you don't see athletes in general kind of take shots at people, especially saying like, you know, we're looked upon as role models or we're looked upon as kind of influential, influential people in, 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 uh, in like fans lives like that those type of shots really aren't mm -hmm. taken by athletes amongst each other so that's what i thought was really like wow like he's basically calling this guy a bad role model like yeah, that's definitely like that's pretty big yeah it definitely escalated that's for sure another moment that caught my eye and this has kind of been uh, every time this batsman steps in it's kind of been uh an addition of the moment and i know shay's gonna like this because He's dubbed this guy the best player in the IPL. But Andre Russell is the best finisher in the IPL. Not the best player, but he's definitely the best finisher in the IPL. 312 runs in seven innings uh, at a strike rate of 213. An absolutely devastating finisher. Uh, there seems to be uh, no ball that he can't hit for six. And I think he's given KKR kind of that championship caliber team that they were lacking last year, that championship caliber a batting style that they were lacking last year. I think Andre Russell gives them that. So if he can stay healthy and if he can continue to produce like he has, uh, definitely like the Knight Riders as as a playoff team. And Andre Russell has been showing out. That 48 off 13, man, that was something. In that chase? Yeah, there was yeah. one point when he went um, nine balls in a row, he hit 47 off of that. So only exactly. the beginning was a couple, couple dot balls. That was incredible to see. Incredible innings. I mean, you could pick any of his innings this season and you can just sit back and be like, wow. Yeah. Today, today was his first actually subpar innings. He had 10 off four. He was yeah. Four that he he didn't score a lot of runs, but his strike yeah. rate, he kept the strike rate intact. Yeah. Speaking of uh, high flying innings, how about that Rishabh Bunt one against uh, Mumbai Indians? Oh, yeah. Earlier? That was great. Oh, the, yeah, the, the thing of the year? Yeah. Mm -hmm. The 78 okay. off 27. Yeah. The problem yeah. with Richard Bunt is he always gets off the good starts. Then he hits like a one-handed shot and he gets caught. He can never mm -hmm. finish his uh... – another another one was uh, two days ago, Kieran Pollard, when he was captain, subbing yeah. in for Rohit. He yeah, I, thought that was, I thought that was a really big moment for him. Yeah. No, Agreed. no, no. He single-handedly chased like 
he himself had like what, like 85 off 30 or something? 83 off 31. Uh, yeah, and like at one point the required rate was I think they needed 135 off of 60. And yeah, it was, like, yeah. it was definitely above 14 was the required rate at, at one point. He had what 12 or 13 sixes, so I think out of the out of the uh 31 balls he faced, 14 of them went for six. Yeah, <laughs> and I'll uh, you know, I was calling for Pollard to be replaced uh, after the first three games. Same, uh, basically, you know, he wasn't batting well, he doesn't bowl anymore. And his yeah, fielding no, was uh, fielding was lackluster. He has those couple of boundary catches per season, though. Yeah, and then uh, all of a sudden, as the acting captain, basically rescued his IPL season and, and rescued the game for Mumbai. So uh, I'll take my L on that one. Uh, Kieran Pollard gets to stay for the rest of the season for Mumbai. I think he should be promoted, which he did this match. Yeah, I don't know how much promotion matters in the batting order. I'm personally of the of the thought that you keep the batting order as similar as possible just because guys can fit into their roles and, and play to their roles and play to their strengths. But I do think uh, certainly guys like Hardik Bandia and Karan Pollard in, in Mumbai's roster and, and batting order could be elevated. I definitely so, think that's a possibility. So I was going to say that Bandia should face much many, many more balls than he is currently. He does have a very solid strike rate near the end of the innings because that's, he comes in what, like with at most like four or five overs left. And he finishes strong. He always gets like 25 off 10, like 18 off of 9, et cetera. But I think he definitely is their X factor. And he he bowls well. Like I think he's on the bowling table at least, top 10 in wickets. But I think that he definitely needs to face more ball. One of the two should get promoted. So counterpoint to that, Ashay, is if you promote a guy and have him face more balls, then all of a sudden the value of his, you know, 25 from 10 or, or 30 from 15 or whatever at the end, at the end of an innings, all of a sudden you're not getting that anymore. But uh, Mumbai, every single match they're, they're accelerating. And it's like, I guess that's why like most of their matches are close. They're always underwhelming in their scores because they're reliant. Like they're always at like 120 after 15 and they rely on the last five hours to get 50 runs, which I feel like is unsustainable. So right, so the unless counterpoint to that for me, unless. the counterpoint to that for me is that if you put Hardik up the order and say he gets out, then who's your finisher, right? Then you don't have that finishing power that Hardik gives you. So is it worth moving him up the order in an attempt to have him play maybe, you know, five, ten more balls, even fifteen more balls, versus having him in that finisher role, slotted in that finisher role because you expect him to do that for you? A game in and game out. Just just I'll, a thought. You know, I would say the risks out. I would say the reward outweighs the risk. I want to talk about a moment where Andre Russell was not able to hit a six, and that was during the super super over between Delhi and KKR. We finally found one ball which he couldn't hit for six, and that was a Yorker from Kaiso Robata. And oh man. Perfect Ooh. Yorker. I mm-hmm. still I can still recall that like the back of my hand. That's that was a beautiful moment. Yeah, I 100% agree. I think that was probably the best six deliveries in a pressure situation that I've seen. Agreed. That was some super over by Rabada, definitely. Yeah. Um, speaking of some cool bowling moments this season so far, anyone remember Shreyas Gopal uh, getting Kohli and ABD bowled through the gate with Googlies in the yeah. same match? Great. Yeah. yeah, one of my favorite moments this season too. What a moment for him. Yeah, that was fantastic. 
Uh, I want to go to a moment that happened a couple days ago yeah. where the bowling was uh, not quite up to the mark. Oh, yeah, I know. And it was, it was Ben Stokes reliving his worst nightmare <laughs> against Ravindra Jadeja <laughs> and the Chennai Super Kings. Wait, 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 let me tell you something. So before before Jadeja faced that ball, Dhoni and Hindi told him where the ball is going to go, and he told him it's going to go outside off stump, so be ready for it. Yeah, that's, there's, that's there's awesome. a video of it on there's a video of it online. So Jadeja was ready for it, and he that's, a, that's absolutely and, awesome. And he still one handed the thing for six. I, my question mm-hmm. is, was Jadeja ready for it? Because he like, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. He he kind of <laughs> backed away and then ended up one handing it for six. And yeah, there's right. an image, there's an image after that ball that's yeah. kind of like indicative of that whole match. And it was basically Jadeja uh, on the floor. And then Ben Stokes also on the floor. <laughs> yeah. Both of them looking at the ball going for six. And that was just, that was a picturesque moment that kind of captured that match. And that was, yeah. uh, that was amazing for me. I like that photo. That's the same over with MS Dhoni making his presence felt too, right? Oh yeah. That was yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, walking out of the field, arguing with the ump. So there was a, there was an article that I read the other day that kind of said IPL failed to, kind of make a statement or fail to kind of lay down the law. Uh, wh- how do you guys feel about only finding Tony for half the match fee? I think he and- should have been suspended a game. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's simple, blatant disrespect of, of the umpiring in the game right there. You, you, nobody is allowed to run on the field like that in the middle of a match. Nobody. I 100% agree with that. Uh, I think even if they find him as full match fee, it w- would have been okay. Like people, I don't know if the suspension, for a I don't know if the suspension was necessary. Um, but I, yeah, I, I mean, I can see where they he got off lightly because of because of his name. It's not about the match fee. That's irre- that's irrelevant to them. It's like they need well, to his match fee is pretty substantial. Okay, but it's still irrelevant to them. Like that's not really felt by like the crowd or the team. Like the team doesn't because his actions as captain, obviously the iconic captain. Like like the team like he should realize that he's harming his team by doing that and the image of the game. So I feel like regardless of what the name brand is, Donny, okay, he's still in my mind. He should still be suspended for one match. Yeah, um, I think it comes down to what message you really want to send, right? Taking half someone's match fees, taking half of MS Donny's match fees is not really a punishment. Um, like Ashay said, it doesn't really matter to him. I'm sure he's not really losing any sleep at night over that. Um, but suspending him for a game actually sends a message. Um, he's missing one of his 14 regular season IPL games. That actually sends a message that, hey, this is unacceptable. So um, I'm not sure really where I stand. I, I don't think there's anything in between those two that you could really implement. But, um, yeah, I think that's what it comes down to. How serious was it? On the flip side of that coin, there have been a lot of blatant umpiring errors this tournament. And I think that if if like the umpire should be communicating if if the uh the main umpire was giving that a no ball and he took it away because the the leg umpire didn't see it was above yeah, his... half-hearted so, no ball is ridiculous yeah so that's like <laughs> that's like our one bounce thing we went through <laughs> oh my god <laughs> but um, on that i think irrespective of that there's been a other other blame umpiring errors like coley was right like mumbai and they missed a no ball in that match Malinga, there's been other no balls missed. Um, I think um, the reviews. I I kind of like that they have that 12 second time frame to look at the review. I like that they implemented that. I think that's new this year, isn't it? Actually, in the review, I think this is also new. So if you give a review or if you ask for a review, and the review doesn't go in your favor because of an umpire's call, that's been the case for a while. 
I believe yeah. you still retain the review. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's, 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 that's an established. Yeah, yeah. I did. I didn't realize that, but that's something that I like. Yeah, mm -hmm. I like that you can retain your review even if the umpires call and the eventual decision doesn't go in your favor. Right, right. If it's only yeah. the umpires call, though. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Any other moments that stood out to you guys? Uh, Sam Curran's uh, hat trick. It was yeah. over two hours, but that led to the so I like I said earlier, it was Rishabh Pant throwing his wicket away. Uh tried to do some one-handed shot, and then after that, they just collapsed around him. Yeah, I thought it was funny actually that uh the sirens coming again for uh for all of Delhi Capitals after that. <laughs> no, I thought it was funny though that after the match before where they had gone to the super over, yeah, because of their irresponsible batting that they once again fell into the same trap. Luckily, uh, Shikhar Dhawan stepped up in the match after that and and showed up. But, I mean, that was an all-time collapse. We've also – oh, there's a couple. We've seen uh, we've seen three or four uh, people being either stranded or give, or out in, like, 99s, 97, 99s. Yeah. yeah. Shikhar Dhawan was on 97. Colin Ingram finished the match. Uh, Rishab, or not sorry, Prithvi Shaw was 99. Um Chris Gale was on 99. So kind of disappointing there. But we have four Centurions, two of them in the same match. Two of them in losing efforts, too. True, that's true. Yeah, that's interesting as well. That's sucked ass. And Coley's been giving out. Coley's been out like two or three times in the 80s. So he can't be he can't convert those, unfortunately. Well, that does it for the uh moments that made us feel like this IPL season was something special, at least halfway through the season moments that uh made the world uh, jump up and, and see the IPL and view the IPL as a celebration of cricket. So uh, that does it for the moments, but uh, we'll take another break. When we come back, uh, RCB, as we touched on, a situation that uh, they find themselves in, is there the possibility that BCCI uh, sends down a message through the back channels that it's time to uh, shut Virat Kohli down? Uh, you're listening to the Follow On podcast here on followoncricket.com. Welcome back to the Follow On Podcast here on followoncricket.com. RCB 1 and 6 through the first half of the IPL season. And there's a question now for one Virat Kohli. Uh, is it time to shut him down? And I just want to give uh, some stats here. Uh, Kohli to this point has played 563 matches, T20s, ODIs, and tests. Since his debut in 2007, April of 2007, uh, he's still probably the best player in the world. I think we can all agree on that. And uh, he's shown no signs of slowing down. So there's no you know, concern as far as injury goes. But with RCB's season pretty much wrapped up, and Virat Kohli even expressed this at the toss yesterday, he basically said, like, you know, this is a time for guys to kind of play freely and uh, you know, based on where we stand, uh, it's pretty indicative of, of where our season is headed. So does BCCI take the decision? Do they send a message through the back channels to RCB to say, hey, we want Grot Goalie for the cup in June and July. That's what's going to matter more than than the cup in May. And Grot Goalie has already stated that, you know, he's not concerned about IPL in terms of it affecting his legacy, which I absolutely agree it shouldn't. He was asked those questions at the beginning of the season about, you know, is it disappointing that you haven't won an IPL? Will people hold it against you? So I think uh, he's right on that stance. But 
I, I want to get your guys' opinion. Should BCCI, first off, should BCCI take that decision? Should they shut down Virat Kohli? And uh, do you think RCB should be open to doing that? I don't think that I don't think that BCCI should should say to shut down Kohli. So I will say there is an entire month between the end of the end of the between RCB's last match and the first match of the World Cup. Now this is assuming that RCB doesn't make the playoffs, which I feel like is a safe that's a safe assumption. So I feel like that's that's enough time to rest. And also when he's playing, that's how he stays in form. You know, you look you look at players that are like on the bench for a while. There's the difference between rest and then like staying in form. And, you know, if he's hitting the ball well, I'd rather he keep playing, to be honest. I mean, if he wants to sit out the last, like, maybe two or three matches for RCB to let some other Indian guys get a chance in the team, then fine. But I'm, I'd let Virakoli kind of lead this himself. So I definitely agree with Anish in the fact that I don't think that BCCI should be stepping in to say, hey, um, let's shut Virakoli down. I don't think that that's the right way to go about it. But do I think that Virat Kohli should be shut down by someone if the last resort being himself? Yes, I do. Um, I don't I don't see the point in him continuing to play in this IPL. I think more so than the risk of an injury, this 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 whole situation I think is worse for his whole mental state. Um, I just personally think that going into a World Cup, you've obviously seen him throughout the season. He's been frustrated game in and game out, um, has had to change the way he bats, hasn't had supporting roles. The team isn't coming together, doesn't have supporting bowling, doesn't have a good middle order. So I don't want this to, or at least Vrath Kohli's hope should be that this shouldn't affect his mentality, his mindset, or the way he's thinking going into the World Cup. And for given all the, the um, all the factors that are prevalent right now uh, with RCB, I just think it's it's just not a good situation to be in. And I think for Kohli, the World Cup is the, this, this is the, big piece of the cake that he's going after now um if he can win another one he's going to cement himself as one of the all-time greats and like you said Chinmay, i don't think the ipl really matters to him that much so with all that being said i think just for him it's better for him to shut himself down so i agree with parts take um i don't think bcci should step down because or step in because that's not their role but i think that either rcb or coley himself and i do think that it's pretty fruitless for him to play in this um, I don't think the form factor is really an issue because it's a different. First of all, it's a different. You're playing in England. Pitches are different. IPL pitches are much flatter. Um, they're made for batting tracks. Second of all, it's a different format. And third of all, I think that Coley's Coley's. This is a historical precedent, obviously, but making Coley captain isn't. I don't think it's like the best move for it. Like because he always does change the lineup. Like there's been no consistent lineup. He keeps talking about finding the right lineup. And you don't want that mentality, that leadership mentality, carry over into the national team. Obviously, he has Rohit and Dhoni to look to for help in the national team. But I still think that that's bad for your mental state, bad for your method of captaincy. Um, so I do think that he should either step down or RCB will shut him down. So, I, the, so I'm, sorry, of the, yeah, I'm of the thought that he should absolutely shut it down. I don't know if it, if it takes BCCI – sending a message to RCB, like if that's what it's going to take, like BCCI has to go to RCB and say like, Hey, shut this guy down. Then I think then, you know, you have to do that then. So I do think Virat Kohli should not play uh, another IPL match this season. And mainly it's because of the risk of injury, but also kind of like Parth hinted to the mental state and maybe RCB, you know, maybe they need to move on from him as captain. You know, we've, we've seen a lot of times 
in world cricket from around the world. You know, it's not necessary that your best player is the captain and it's not necessary that your best player is the best captain. So it's a little bit of a break for Virat Kohli mentally as well from having to kind of plan games and, and lay out game plans and select rosters and let him focus on the, the trophy that matters, right? The trophy in July matters more than the trophy at the end of May. So I think, uh, I think Virat Kohli should, should shut himself down. And if, if it takes a BCCI, you know, back channel message, then, then so be it. Then I think BCCI should step in as well. But does Virat Kohli being the captain, does that make the situation more difficult for, for all parties involved? It does. It does. And I say that because, like I said, I think earlier I mentioned that he does have a different – I don't know how apparent it is, but when he's he's very animated in the field, obviously. But I think he, he cares more about – you see the patriotism when he's fighting for India as opposed to playing for BC – or not sorry, BC, for RCB – and that's that comes across in his stroke play in his captaincy methodology and people can see that and i think that okay like you said i think that he's not very worried about his um ipl legacy so i think he should take that mental break and focus on the cup because obviously you need more than a month of planning to to prepare for that i don't think this is all of any of this is going to happen though because the ipl is about money at the end of the day and rcb's owner is going to lose a fortune if Virat Kohli is not out there on the pitch every single match. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I, I completely agree with Anisha. I, I, I think as an India fan, you would want Virat Kohli to sit out, but realistically, is that going to happen in this IPL season? I don't think so. Just with how marketing and how all the money is working for this, you need Virat Kohli in the IPL if you, you know, if you want to bring in the ratings and get the money. So it, it would be hard to see him sit out a half of an IPL season. Because other than A.B. de Villiers, God knows why you're going to watch an RCB match. Right. <laughs> Even with them, you don't want to watch an RCB match. Yeah, it's already <laughs> difficult with the two of them in. It'll be more, more difficult with, with one of them, the big cash cow, going yeah. out. But that's going to do it for us here uh, on the follow-on podcast. Be sure to check us out on Twitter and Facebook and, of course, all of our content at followoncricket.com.